Welcome back to another episode of Aboutcast. It is your main man, Jordan. You know what it is already. You've seen this for three weeks before this. It's me, Chris, and a little bit of Attack on Titan getting really hot and really spicy for this fourth episode, which was called From One Hand to Another. Chris, how you doing, my man? Dude, I'm good. Just got back from the, the Christmas festivities and excited to talk about Attack on Titan with you again. Dude, this yeah, episode man. was crazy, man. Dude, talk about a gift. A gift from the big fella. Oh, yeah. Being that this episode, like Chris and I were briefly mentioning before this podcast, there was so much, so much stuff in it. And dude, so I'm I'm curious out of all the bomb drops and of course guys i don't you know i've been bad at saying this before but spoilers ahead 100 percent. if you haven't seen this episode please see it and if you haven't seen the other episodes in this series see those too because we'll probably be referencing back and forth but chris out of everything that we've seen in this episode i just want to get like your opinion of the biggest bomb drop that we had here and it doesn't matter if we're like going to be jumping to the very end or the middle or whatever i just want to hear your opinion of the biggest bomb drop oh man biggest bomb drop for me was definitely the very end when you see aaron and your boy reiner face to face down in that cellar bro Um, okay yeah what yeah Yeah, well i was just gonna say man (laughs) crazy craziness uh dude and that there's so many things that that like um unlevers and so dude you know what man i don't really care if it's kind of a little chronologically screwy we can just append the end to the front of this podcast episode and talk about that because there's so much to talk about there um what was going through your mind and head when you were seeing that happening dude when i saw that i was just like holy crap like what is about to happen right now like because there's so many different things that could happen like aaron could just be there talking to him or you can totally see like him just like turning into a Titan and then just messing some people up. But at the same wow. time, like it's hard for me to think about that because like, it's just like all we know from right now is that it's just Aaron there. And so like Aaron being there and turning into, into a Titan would kind of sounds kind of scary to me because like you have Reiner there, you have Zeke, you have basically yeah. everyone there, all the other Titan shifters who aren't on Aaron's side. So I'm just so curious what is going to happen. What do you think is going to happen? Dude, so I really like your idea of kind of this confrontation because even in the episode preview, um, I actually snipped these quotes out just because I thought it was really interesting because obviously Falco brings Reiner into the bottom of the diner, which we know from foreshadowing or kind of going back to the first episode, that's how they try to get Annie. So I'm thinking that the Titan powers are not going to be there. But it'll be something really interesting how it's almost like the preview then flipped it on its head because obviously it's almost like Aaron is confronting Reiner because he brought him down into the cellar. But in the actual preview, the quotes are Reiner confronts Aaron. So that's kind of confusing. Yeah. And then it also mentions, of course, Aaron admits that he's the same as Reiner. So there's a couple of things that that says to me. Number one, um, Yeah, I definitely don't think they're going to be Titans because uh, it's almost like saying, hey, guys, I know that you were going to come over here and um, go through this bloody war and, you know, go through a lot of effort to take me. But I decided to come to your doorstep and sneak into your house and say and then come out as like a big surprise. 
So I don't think that's the case, but it means a couple things. It means that they've been keeping a close enough eye on Reiner to believe he's safe enough to contact and almost worth it. Or Aaron is going rogue, which I totally believe could be the case for sure. Um, but he's been pretty good with like sending letters and communicating back and forth. So I'm thinking that it's almost going to be like a sway to possibly get Reiner on their side just because like, you know, why would they go through all of this effort to be in there and not? And also, dude, uh, just to harken back, I know we talked about this over a message, but um, in the first podcast, you called it as a genius move. It was actually Gene Kirstein that was at the very, very end of it. If you look mm-hmm. at the hair color and everything like that, so you have Aaron and Gene in there. Obviously, Gene probably got a couple of seconds, and I'm happy to be wrong if I am, but um, I believe that was him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But um, yeah, dude, so there's tons. What do you think about like my postulation so far? Um, I mean, maybe I jumped kind of on a couple thin tree branches, but uh, I think I'm all right. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I don't I don't actually see them doing like a Titan battle or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I did notice at that preview as well is like right when he said, like, I'm the same as you. Um, mm. like his eyes like turned a different color. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Like a shimmer. Yeah. I saw like, that. I wonder if that is like some type of like founding Titan power that he's like learned or something like that. That'd be crazy, man. Yeah, man. Dude. Great, great pickup on that detail. I was thinking that maybe that was like an artistic thing and I was like, Oh, that's oh, sick. Yeah. But dude, you know what? I 100% think you're right in the fact that you're not letting any of these small details get past you. Cause we know these guys obviously like to flaunt it. And so mm-hmm. that's probably a perfect example of that being the case. Yeah. And what do you think? He, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 dude. No. What oh, was the okay. question? What do you think he, he means when he says he's the same as Reiner? The, so there's a lot of things that I think that could be like implying number one, what the first initial thing I think about is like, what has Reiner been like going through this whole time? And I think it's been number one, probably like he's been suffering because he's lost a lot of his homies. He's not sure why he's doing this anymore. And he sees kind of the futility of going through this process and a lot of people suffering. And I think that Aaron's probably seeing that too, being that he's like part of the LUD and like warrior. So he's actually kind of put himself in Reiner's shoes a little bit these past couple episodes or this whole Mm -hmm. season, matter of fact. So maybe that's a... a nod to, I see the way that you have to live life over here. And so saying that like, we're the same as in, you know, we're suffering and doing this crap, or it could be like coming from paradise saying that like, dude, I've gone through the hard stuff. I think it's futile too, standing in my position, but I think mm-hmm. it's obviously uh, an attempt to get Reiner on the same team. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking when he said that or when the, the show said that? Dude, I'm not, uh, I haven't like fully decided what I think. Like, I, I agree with like everything that you say and I, I kind of align with that. Um, but mm. at the same time, like I've been thinking about how, especially like the last episode, how they kind of showed Reiner as, as Aaron in a way, like they've kind of walked similar paths in the way yeah. that like where they've gotten to at this point. Um, and so I, I feel like it could also be something along those lines where it's just showing like, Hey, like I'm the same as you, but I'm still gonna like be different from you as some, like, uh, I don't know when that's going to be, 
Um, but I, I, I think that could also like come into play when we get further down the line. But yeah, I'm still like soaking in this like craziness that has happened. So still haven't decided fully what I what I truly believe, but that's kind of what I my ideas that I have right now. Hopefully, you know, I totally expect us to I think we have really, really good thoughts on this stuff so far, but I totally expect us to be like, dude, we were completely wrong. It was way crazier than we even thought, <laughs> being that what we're dealing with as far as the series and the material that we have to work with. But yeah, one of the most exciting things um, in this episode for sure, and that's the one that I would have said too. And, you know, with that kind of being the the bigger one out of the way, we can actually get to some of the, like the super, super rich, interesting detail that we haven't, that we kind of, uh, answers a lot of questions. I feel like this episode answered so many questions. And so this podcast will too. So starting from the top, man, um, obviously we know that Aaron's name is Kruger and this is from like almost the intro and that he's been sending letters. And so I think this actually nests really well with the ending. So it obviously means that, like I said before, Gene's on the island, but it means that there's more people on the island because you can't get a letter out anywhere besides Marley, right? Yeah, and especially out the parodies, too. I don't think they would allow anything yeah, there's like no that. Yeah, no way, man. Mm-hmm. So it's like, one number one, that means that people are on the island, and it might be more than just Gene, and also that Aaron's getting information. And I'm not sure if it's only from Falco. I'm... I'm positive it has to be from elsewhere, right? So it's like, where are they getting this information? Where is he getting this information from? And my question is too, it's like, why did they have to choose Aaron of all people to get in there? There has to be a big reason for that, man. And I'm, I, I don't have enough information to like tell why yet, but is there anything that like, you know, comes to mind being the, the attack on Titan historian that you are, <laughs> that would uh, kind of help with that understanding? Uh, dude no honestly i have no idea like i'm in the same boat as you like why would you send your i guess your best warrior your best chances winning yeah over there so yeah i'm in the same boat dude i have no idea why this is happening um but we're i feel like we're gonna get something crazy like next episode is gonna be nuts man i think we're gonna get a lot more information even more than the one that we did in this episode so yeah bro 100 percent, man um i'm yeah, it's just so crazy, dude. I'm I'm convinced that there's more people on the island than just Gene, because what a random guy to choose, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there's I, I'm sure he's actually pretty good at keeping his cool and like doing things and leading with like going going off of his kind of intuition, and he's humble, so he's going to be quite observant and not make silly mistakes. I don't think, but um, dude, yeah, there's going to be some really really exciting things and um. Yeah, man. But anyway, so moving on before I just stall out and all this like geeky awesomeness. Um, So we learned a lot more about the Tiber family, which we finally got to. And after two guesses, one was wrong and now one is right. Um, I'm really finding that there's a lot of complex and rich history coming from Marley, the country itself, and the Tiber family as well. What what are your initial thoughts on the Tiber family, Chris? Um, kind of similar to what, like, I, I guess I predicted they're super, I guess, high up in the ranks of the Marlin government. I'm pretty sure in the episode that talks about like them, like basically controlling the military and, um, and that what I, I already forgot is Willie. Um, yep. and just him being like the, I guess the, 
supreme leader of the entire uh, Marleyan country. Show, man. Yeah, it's crazy. But like, their Titan power has to be insanely strong for him to be and like for that entire family to be in that in that role. It's yeah. it's freaking mind blowing, dude. <laughs> Yeah, man. And it, it says a lot of things. Number one, um, he even said, and I'm not sure if this is particularly where um, him and Commander Mogoth was talking, but um, he said that, you know, his like, you know, ancestors paired up with Helos, the like guy in the statue to like beat down the Titans. So it's almost like his family like backstabbed the, you know, their people. And I'm yeah. not exactly sure why, um, but I find that really interesting. And also the same people that the Marleans are repressing, they're controlled by. And there was like a really good interplay when it came to um, Commander Magoth, who I find is like way more rich of a character than I originally thought of. And Willie in that conversation on the balcony, if you remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah. There was um the 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 few key points, uh, and then I'm curious to hear yours. Were for me was the obviously the comments on the like you know Magath is actually pretty sympathetic to the Ludians, or he's just really hard on the Marleans. And I get that because he had that uh he had that comment about the Hello statue saying like you know it's very like bold and brash. And then it's hollow in the middle, just like Marleyan spirit. Mm-hmm. And then also he's pushing for Marleyan conscription, which he thinks will be a helpful, you know, kind of um, sobering effect for the people. Because right now they're using, you know, their enslaved population, essentially, and also kind of conquered armies to do their bidding. And he thinks that that's just like horrible, um, one for the warrior spirit and one to make good decisions. And, you know, they're just so self-destructive in a sense. Um, which is super interesting because it's like, you don't hear that from a Marleyan that often at all. And I'm certain that he is cause he doesn't have an armband, but, um, those were kind of a couple things. And then obviously he implicitly said to Willie that it's just too late for the Marleyans. Like they're going to destroy themselves. It's almost like a guarantee. Um, what did you think about those points? And did you have any extra ones that you came from that conversation? No, I didn't have any extra points. Um, but yeah, uh, the biggest point that I thought was the most important was the last one that you talked about, um, about them kind of just imploding on themselves. Um, it's really interesting, like the dynamic of the Marleans and the Eldians and how you're saying how the Eldians are basically controlling the Marleans, but not at the same time. And mm-hmm. it's like, to me, it's like, well, why don't the Marleans just, or not the Marleans, why don't the Eldians just kind of flip it on them and take control over everything else. Like what is holding them back? Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't know the answer to that question, but like, that is my, my big question coming out of that. It's just like, what, like, I feel like there's something deeper going on that we don't know yet. Um, but Mm -hmm. yeah, that's basically all that I kind of got out of it. Plus all the stuff that you've already, you've already mentioned. I think that's a really, really good point. One, because it kind of, in this episode, you see a lot of like incompetence by the Marleans. One, on the tactic front, um, of course, like through the conversation that we're talking about with Magoth and stuff, he he kind of like talked about how the Marleans are just kind of um, not in touch with reality when it comes to war. But 
also you see that in the second example where, you know, Reiner's trying to talk to one of the Marleyan like commanders or whatever about how like what's the best way to get into the wall um, in Paradis for Paradis Operation Paradis. And he's like explaining like, you know, the the wall's least defended through the mountains on the north. And he's like, okay, so we'll go to the north. He's like, but we can't dock anywhere but the south. And he's like, oh, so we'll go to the south. And he's like, no, it's going to be really, really hard to get through. And then he's like, he shucks him off as saying like, why did I even let you talk when um, Reiner is the world's leading expert for the Marleyan, <laughs> you know, country in stuff about paradise but he's getting cast off which is another sign of just like tactical failure um on the uh marleyan side and also another thing too that i think is why they don't flip the script is because obviously tybor is control of everything or tybor is and there was a lot of um i'm kind of skipping ahead because we're skipping the part where falco beats gabby but we'll go back to that. But when uh, Magath and Lord Tiber are talking again, there were some really interesting things, and I clipped them out as quotes because um, I find it really, really interesting. So they were talking about, um, and I'm not, dude, this is another classic Attack on Titan thing, but the, they were talking about large-scale demolition and something being destroyed beyond repair. And then, so Magath said that, and then Lord Tiber says, well, like, congrats, the army's yours, type of thing. Um, and then uh, he talks about the crippling leadership and not being able, you know. Um, and then also, according to the house, or according, like, the house is already infested, or according to them, the house is already infested with rats. And maybe I touched on too many t- points there that are, might be different, but did you pick up on that really weird conversation that they had? And were you kind of deciphering that as code for, um, you know, LD, LUD and restorationists or kind of cleaning out the military? I'm, I'm really not sure what they were trying to talk about when it was talking about the structure that was so destroyed or the house that was so crippled that they had to get rid of almost everything but a couple of pillars. Did you pick up on that conversation? And do you know, um, do you have any thoughts or ideas on that one? Kind of. Uh, I mean, I was super confused about that conversation as well. It like seemed like they're trying to tell us something, but like couldn't give us all the information. Um, but like within that conversation, Willie was kind of talking about like his predecessors. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of basing it off of all of that. Like, I feel like the predecessors were the ones who were thinking that, um, the house or whatever was destroyed beyond repair and the stuff about the, the pillars and stuff. That was my thought process on that. Uh, I don't know if that is what it is or anything like that. Um, another question I had was like, what was, what is the large scale demolition? Like, is that, are they talking about the, I guess the quote unquote house as well? This is where like, it gets really weird because you got to like, think like, I think that is, it definitely has to do with the house, but it's like, what does the house represent? Is it the society? Is it the military? Obviously we know Magath um, was talking about the, the like kind of Marleyans in general is being kind of going to be destroyed. And so I'm thinking maybe that would be a logical step to the next conversation, but it's like, they're having a really long conversation about the same subject. So maybe it's different. Um, but it almost seems like if you like clipped 
those two conversations and put them together, it just seems like the same conversation almost yeah, just further along the lines maybe. Yeah, it, I agree. I think it totally does. And like, it's funny, like how he mentioned, it's like already infested with rats when Aaron's already there, <laughs> like within oh, their, their ranks and stuff too. Like, I feel like it's just an ongoing thing that they've just been like, kind of, I almost like complacent. Like they think they're like these, this huge, I guess, huge nation who's dominating everyone. But at the same time, like they are not thorough and checking like who's actually like within Dude. their ranks and like who's sneaking around and all that stuff. So yeah. And like, it, it kind of shows with McGrath too, actually, like, cause he is, I feel like he's very um, pessimistic about like the future and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so like, I, I feel like he's kind of foreshadowing like what's going to happen to him. Yeah. I, you're probably right in that instance too. And like, you got to think like they just got, they barely won a four-year war against that, uh, like Eastern middle mm-hmm. of Eastern country. And I think that that's also uh, like, you know, talking about how, um, you're going to have to destroy something large scale. So it's like their tactics are horrible. They barely work. Um, there's a couple gimmicky things, but it's like, it's, they're not going to last long. And there's a couple pillars, so there's a couple pieces of leadership management and tactics that can work, um, but it's not going to work long term. And I think this might also help with the thing that Willie said with the congrats on your military. So essentially saying like, hey, so congratulations on being able to recreate this thing the way that you want it to be recreated. And then he said, well, no, I can't like, you know, it's not mine to recreate. It's actually the country's too. So I'm thinking maybe that's it. But I maybe also we're reading into this too much. But um, I also found it really interesting in the thing that you mentioned with kind of the weight of leadership that Willie feels. And it's so crippling. And this guy's obviously like super intelligent, very, very well put together. And he is obviously like shaken talking about this stuff. And um, he wishes that he didn't have to do it. And he makes sense why, you know, previous generations didn't touch on like changing anything because it is such an immense power and, um, you know, uh, machine that they have to control, which is uh, daunting 100%. But anyway, so stepping through, we also see something really, really interesting. Um, Aaron meets his grandfather, which is just insane. (laughs) Dude, that was crazy. Like the way that they did it. I think was super cool. Like how they made him seem like he was this like crazy or well, not crazy like, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, like when you first, like when he first comes into the scene it and almost seems like they found out that Aaron was there. Cause yeah, like they yeah. show like the nurse, like pointing over at the, at the bench mm-hmm. when uh, his grandpa was sitting next to him and like the music was like rising and like, you can almost feel like this tension is like, coming upon Aaron and like, I was like, Oh shoot. Like, is he like compromised? Like what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, but then at the, like at the, in the end, it's just like, Oh, like his grandpa is like kind of crazy. Insane. Yeah. 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 What'd you think about that whole, that whole scene? I guess. I thought it was like so beautifully like composed and put together, like to the music, to the way that they introduced him as like a legit, like, you know, I'm a doctor. He said, Dr. Jaeger. And so I was like, dude, so he's like running the place as like a LUDN and 
stuff like that. And then he was like, Oh no, like he, he knows that, you know, and of course maybe they're on to him a little bit with like, you're faking this injury and you're putting this kid at risk. Who's already like being looked at quite a bit, but I, I found it like super interesting. And, um, a couple things too. It's like, why is he not dead? He had kids or he had a son who was like a uh, instrumental part of like a resistance or the res- restorationists and his son got cast away. And it's like, dude, you'd imagine that he'd be done for. Um, and also maybe, and maybe there was just kind of like a circumstantial thing with that. But also Aaron is so like, dude, either he didn't realize that that was his grandfather, which is hard to believe because he touched the memories of Grisha in that book, or this homie's just a gangster with it. Cause he didn't even budge. bro. <laughs> he didn't even budge, which is insane. And then he was like, was so casual at the, after that. Right. Yeah. Dude, he had literal ice in his veins. It, like if he knew that, like, Oh my gosh. Like look at the composure of this guy. Yeah. Dude. Um, but yeah, when you're talking about um, kind of how, like, why isn't he dead? I like, I remember, I think we talked about it. I don't know if it was the first episode or the, the second episode I've been on. Um, but we kind of talked about how Falco, like when he was talking with Reiner on the train, it was the train episode mm-hmm. and how he like kind of misspoke. And then Reiner was like, do you want your family to all get killed or turn into Titans? Like that, that yeah. is a great question. Um, but I wonder if like, uh, Grisha's dad, uh, Mr. Jaeger, I guess, um, kind of like denounced like his, I guess his ownership of not ownership, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like he, like, he's like, I'm not Grisha's dad. And like, that's how he kind of saved himself. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I mean it I, could be a stretch, but who, who knows, man. And I think maybe that's also has to do with like Zeke. So maybe like, you know, Zeke oh, yeah. and the grandparents like went into the authorities or something to like, you know, uh, Oh no. Yeah. Themselves. Um, was that the case? Yeah. And the, I remember actually <laughs> in the past episode, um, you did. there is, there's some mention of like Zeke siding with his grandparents and that's how, um, they got how, um, Grisha and Dinah got caught. Gotcha. Well, that makes perfect sense then. And like, of course, like you'd be traumatized if your daughter, um, was like killed and they didn't do anything about it and you had to eat that. And then your son, uh, you know, went rogue and stuff like that. So, um, craziness, man. But, um, dude, it's so cool to have that piece of like history, like locked in. So you're like, oh, so I could see the total line of things from like, you know, Grisha's history to Zeke to how he got here and stuff like that. And then to, for Aaron to see his grandfather is so crazy. And mm-hmm. I have one question for you, man, why the mitt in the baseball? I'm thinking there has to be some sort of device in there, dude. I know that they're not too super technologically advanced like that, but it's like, what? Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. I I think the listening device is a, a good like idea. Um, maybe that's how like he kind of knew because he didn't mention like his relate, like Aaron's relationship with Falco. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess it could be a listening device, but dude, I don't know. I could be also kind of just like a tie into how, how Zeke, I think Zeke was some type of like baseball player. I don't know. Um, because you know how the beast Titan has like a, a good, just a good cannon. Pitching on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But I don't know, man. That's a. I, I was actually wondering the same thing, but I, I didn't assume it was like a like a walkie-talkie or anything like that. But I don't know. Maybe we'll learn something more. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really interesting. Uh, I loved that you uh, brought it back to the, um, you know, Zeke Zeke slinging it like Randy Johnson out there. <laughs> and thank you once again. By the way, for everyone who's listening, I re- I forgot Randy Johnson's name. Chris on the side said, dude, you're talking about Randy Johnson. And here we go. Full circle. Thank you uh, for all the people to hear. Uh, Chris has my back. <laughs> Got your back, bro. <laughs> when, uh, so we're obviously, so now I think we're in the the scene where, um, well, I guess here's a quick question. And we're going to revert back to um, when Falco finally beat Gabby in something. And he beat her in this race. It was a really big deal. And I feel like the episode kind of like stalled out on this point. Um, or like this section, but I did catch a glimpse of, you know, is Falco just really sympathetic or is he crushing on Gabby? Oh, did I, you think pick that up? I think he's for sure crushing on Gabby. A hundred percent. Like even like the, the guards who are standing at that gate and they're like, Oh, what happened? And they're like, Oh, Falco just beat Gabby. Like I, and then he's like, and then she asked him like, why are you like protecting me or whatever? And then he's like, Oh, I, I did it for you. Yeah. And then she got pissed. And then the guys at the gate were like, I don't think it got through to her. Like everyone knows that. I feel like like everyone around them knows except Gabby. And Gabby's just out here trying to try to get the yeah, armor tight and just do everything for herself. Yeah. If she's if it doesn't have anything to do with Eaton Reiner, then uh she's not about it. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, so just one, a quick thing that I thought was, even though it wasn't like a lot or big chunky thing in this episode, relatively, I thought it was something worth saying. And then we're moving on to the actual like big, uh, festival or the night, the evening of like all the country's leaders coming in. One thing that I really found was like a really cool nod to kind of the world of attack on Titan, like the kind of the legit world of it was that that lady from Hizuru was mm-hmm. so sympathetic to, and I'm forgetting the, the young guy's name, but he's a candidate. Um, and he spills wine on her cause he heard the other guys talking about how the, you know, the LUDs are disgusting and dirty and like stink, uh, while they're trying to help him out. And then this lady dude saves his life. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. And it's just like super chill about it. But it means that the other countries and other people look at this situation as like horrible. And I find mm-hmm. that super interesting. Are, are you talking about the, like the, I guess all of the, the warring and stuff going on? Not only the warring, but the way that the Marleans treat the LUDs, knowing that uh, he was going to get a severe punishment for accidentally spilling that glass of wine on that woman. So what she did was just take the blame for herself. Mm, yeah. And okay. I think it's like an eye opener, you know? Yeah, totally. I agree. Like I, it's nice to see that like not everyone hates on the Eldians. Like I feel like mm-hmm. every, like the Eldians are like the most like hated on people like ever. And so it's nice to see that like, and also like he, he's like, when you think about it, he's still a kid too. Like I feel yeah. like she could, she could just be seeing like the the kid like oh he he messed up like it's okay like we're all human like we all mess up so yeah I, yeah I agree like it's really nice to see 
see the audience kind of kind of get some love. Yeah, bro. It's um it's an eye opener for the rest of the universe and the countries that uh are interacting or that we haven't seen anything about uh on how the world views what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it also probably shakes some of the candidates up as far as like what is it like on the other side. But anyway, so I I think there's a main the main point that we're getting out of this like this whole evening is number one like I mentioned before Willie is one slick son of a gun bro this homie wines and dines and really kind of let the crowd um you know when he's doing his speech number one there was that random guy who made a horrible <laughs> speech and it pissed people off um especially with his nod to hey we just kicked your ass um but yesterday's enemies are today's enemies so let's you know just a reminder, we hate you and we'll attack you again. Um, there was that, but then Willie saved it. And then we obviously have this random weird play that he's talking about. And that first play ever, but people are hyped. What yeah, is a, uh, yeah. So dude, tell me, tell me what you were thinking through that. Cause um, you know, I just kind of got out of it is, you know, all the other countries and the leaders are there. Um, he has this weird, interesting play that he talks about the history and like a, a problem being solved and stuff like this. Um, really kind of very artistic in the way that he's doing this. Yeah. I think he's totally kind of like the, the artsy fartsy kind of guy. And also the, the type of guy who's going to talk you to like, you're going to disagree with him and then he's going to talk you into agreeing with him. Yeah. It's like bastard. I'm really curious, like, like, is he trying to convince them like for like troops or resources or something like that? Um, I'm also curious about this, this, uh, theater act that he has going on. Like he does like seem like he's the the type of guy to put on a great show. So I'm excited to see what's going on in the next episode with that too, as far as like, um, what the history is going to be out, be about. And also if that history is like, gonna align with things that we already know or is it gonna like mm-hmm. oppose like things that we already know um uh, yeah i'm just excited to get another side of the story I, what do you think yeah man i i think you're you're 100 right in all those things that we're gonna experience and see through willie's artistic vision or kind of grand vision so to speak the also the thing that i found was interesting is like he alluded to history of marley in his kind of casual like cheers in the first place saying Mm -hmm. that though once repressed more greatly than any way marley has used the evils to or evil devils to oppress other nations and repeat the tragedy so he's almost saying that once marley was like kind of the sucker of the group yeah and then they started using the aludeans and so i'm thinking that we are going to see something about that as well Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be really interested to see like how that was the case. Like maybe they were just, uh, you know, we see it in modern day where a country is. So let's talk about like Mali or something where Mali is like, so, um, you know, like rich in minerals and oil and all of that good stuff. But at the same point in gold, um, there's so much like inner conflict that, the country is so destabilized that they can't even take advantage of it. So other countries take advantage of it. And maybe that's something like a, yeah. the case that happened where Marley and Aludeans were fighting. So other countries are like, Oh sure. I mean, this is easy to grab. Let me do it. 
So maybe that's it, or maybe it's something else, but I'm going to be really interested to see the life cycle of like Marley from oppressed and bullied to being the bully into now kind of struggling back when, um, now that countries are getting a lot more developed and able to handle the Titan warfare, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with everything you said. And like, as you mentioned, like real world things, like the entire, like, uh, continent of Africa came to mind. Like they're so rich in minerals, mm-hmm. but then there's just so much stuff going on, like within each country within that continent. There's just a little, yeah. I guess a little side note <laughs> that came into yeah. my head as you were talking yeah. about that. Absolutely. And, you know, in other countries will actually go out of their way to destabilize other, yeah. you know, other countries. So maybe that might be a part of the history too. We might see like um, another country, Hizuru, since that's just the only country that we know outside of the mm-hmm. one that they had a war with, um, you know, going in to destabilize or aid part of the conflict so that it is even more destabilized or that they're sympathetic to the, that country and stuff like that. So there's probably a lot of interplay that we could see um, of things like, oh, yeah, we've seen that in real life um, that they can pull from to talk about the history for sure. But 100 percent, man, this is going to be a hotter episode than we can anticipate, being that we have Reiner and Aaron Falco in the mix. Um, I want to see if that homie's a narc or not. And if he's going to snitch on homies, uh, I have a feeling that, uh, you know, he's probably going to be just shell shocked and rocked uh, and probably go with. I'm not sure, man. That'll be interesting to see. But, dude, we have a We have something coming for us in a week and I'm excited. It's going to be crazy. Oh, dude, I also have a question for you. So, um, you, you know, the his lady going back to the, the big party. Mm-hmm. Um, did you notice the back of her kimono like it almost looked like that symbol that symbol that looked like an a like could she be like possible ackerman lineage going on here like what do you think about that we're getting because uh i i think so like mikasa's mom i don't know if mikasa's mom was the ackerman or her dad was um but like mikasa is like a different race from like everyone else like she's like i think of i think they said like she's from the eastern parts or something i don't know but like, do you think that's a, a huge stretch or like, what's, what do you think is going on with that? My homie, that is a, that's like the, it's Jar Jar Binks, a Sith Lord, where it <laughs> might make it just kind of makes sense. But you're like, bro, I, this is like destabilizing my universe. Dude, I love, I love that kind of uh, theory going on. And I'm sure that there's a lot of like intermixing of things, especially with, it, you know, we, we talked about how like people can move from abroad over to different places. And Mikasa does look a little different than kind of the Germanic features that we normally see. And so do the other Ackermans as far as like, mm-hmm. maybe not as much Kenny, but like Levi and obviously Mikasa, um, her mom, super dark features, super, super dark features and kind of different looking. Um, dude, that definitely could be the case or they're from a different spot. I'm sure. And yeah. that also might be the reason that they don't forget when the king like kind of uses his power to like mm-hmm. erase people's memories either. Like yeah. it's just like it's an LUD and thing. And if they're like kind of 50% or less, then it doesn't work. But who knows, man, that's actually a really good spot. I saw that little insignia, but uh, I didn't think anything about it. But dude, nice. This is why we have this man on this podcast, guys. He's 
he's a sniper with these these images, facts, and keys and notes, all of them. But Chris, one last thing, man. What do you think we are going to be expecting this next episode? Uh, do you want to know what I want to happen, or like what? Give, what I think give us the wish list and give us what you think is going to happen as well. Dude, major wish list is I want to see Aaron turn into a Titan. Oh snap! Yeah, I I don't think it's going to happen, but like if Aaron turns into a Titan, I might lose my mind and have to watch this episode like six times before we we do this podcast again. Um. But yeah, I, I hope to see Aaron turn into a tit- turn to a Titan and him and Ryder have a, a quick battle. Maybe Aaron gives him a quick one two and bounces out and just kind of shows himself and like shows how I guess destabilized Marley is and like how easy it is to infiltrate him and just to show like this is how weak you guys are and this is how strong we are. Like I wanna see something like that, but I don't know if it's gonna happen. Um what I, what I actually think is gonna happen, I think they're going to have, we're going to get a long, long, long conversation between Reiner and Aaron. I, mm-hmm. I don't really know what it's going to be about. Um, I, I have a feeling that it might be talking about like how, like Aaron might start with like how he's infiltrated and like everything that he knows. Um, but then at the same time, like I also think that like what you were kind of saying that he's going to try and get Reiner on his side. I think that's a really good thought and a really good idea. Um, and just how interesting that would be to see the armor Titan working together with everyone else. Um, but yeah, that, that is, those are my thoughts. What do you think? I'd like everything that you put together so far. That'd be dope to see Aaron come back with like kind of, you know, a new skill set and just like give the homie like a one, two, um, like two piece him and then bounce or, you know, something like that. I, I think you're probably right on the fact that this is going to be kind of a swaying one where it'll be a lot of like really, really deep and interesting detail. Mm-hmm. And it'll be, you know, I'm calling this like as a product or producer's or director's choice of being like swinging back as things are escalating between the conversation between Reiner and him, the speech of Willie and things of that nature. And then eventually somebody's going to come look for Reiner or something like that. And then chaos is going to ensue. But I find that this is going to be probably one of the most like anticipated and exciting episodes that we're going to need a lot of time to like Mm -hmm. chunk through and piece through because there's going to be tons and tons and tons of good stuff, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, dude, I'm still waiting to see the, the parody squad too. Oh, I I cannot wait to see what happens with those guys, especially if like, like say a big battle erupts, like imagine hearing the ODM gear for like the first time this oh, season. Oh man. Like that Dude, sound is like that. one of my favorite yeah. sounds ever. <laughs> it's like a swish, bro. It's like a, you know, like the scoof. Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah, man. It just uh, kind of pulls at your heartstrings. It's, it's dude, that would be so sick to see, man. And I'm, I'm waiting for it too, because you know, the, we're seeing like these kids are now going to be adults. Yeah. Like four years of maturation at the end of your teenage years does so much from like 18 to 22 mm-hmm. and, or like 17 to 21. And I'm looking forward to it, bro. I'm yeah. super excited. Um, but anyway, that'll be one for next week, my man. And I'm, you know, once again, thank you for listening. Uh, and thank you, Chris, for being on once, like, you know, always, always a pleasure to record with you. If there's anything you have to say to the fans, man, 
let them know. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, thank you guys again. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year um, to you, Jordan, and to the, the listeners. Um, but yeah, I, that's all I got. I'm so excited to talk about next week's episode because I am just waiting in so much anticipation now after watching this one. Dude. Dude, they're doing they're doing it to us again, one hundred percent, man. Uh, over exceeding expectations, and so are you guys. Thanks for listening one more time. And like Chris said, I hope you guys had a, a great holiday season, and you're healthy, physically, emotionally, financially, and all of the rest. Um, and of course, we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Thank you. 